am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final World World Cup Daily Day 14. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon, we're back in London. We're in the Exmouth Market. We've, for the first time in a really long time, not been at the cricket. I'm going to confess, we've had about three standard drinks <laughs> as we record this podcast. We've got the computer and the recorder on top of a bin, so there might be a bit of background noise as we make our way through the next quarter of an hour or so. And I, like, I like the way you let people behind the curtain. It's always come in. Let's see, let's see the sausages being made. Well, it's a delightful night. It's, it's beautiful outside. There's, there's, there are people dropping their cigarette butts in front of us and, and, their, and their beers in the bin and so forth. Yep. We've got a barber... A barber across the road called Barber Streisand, which I think is rather innovative. Particularly good, I'd yeah. like to go there one day. Very expensive haircuts by the looks of things, but, you know, all the same. What, what about Dimitar Barbatov? <laughs> Dimitar, good uh, it reminds me of when the Herald Sun, many, many years ago, when there was a, 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 an explosion in a Suvlaki van. Uh, the front page of the Herald Sun was Kebab Kaboom which I always thought was among some of its finest work. One of the better front pages. And I hope that in, in a Pakistani heavy part of town, there's a Barbar Azam out there somewhere. <laughs> I've, I've, and if there's not, we should open one. At, at no point during the World Cup did we actually sing the Barbar Azam. But that's for another day. It is the final word, day 44. It is. Because we don't have cricket to talk about. Well, we'll, well we sort of do. I mean, I was at Lords today. I did go to headquarters. We, we will talk about uh, yeah. New Zealand's pre-match media stuff in the second half but we've got to have a look at the Hall of Fame because we've been running the Hall of Fame every day through the World Cup we picked a moment an icon a person who we made our Hall of Fame member for that day and we've played off the first 32 against each other online we've had the people vote the votes are in the polls are all but closed and, and it's time to um to look at the results. I love how you just flipped the run sheet there. We were going to do New Zealand first, again, to take you behind the curtain. And Jeff, you laterally said, no, no, we'll just do the final word bit first, the, the, the Hall of Fame. I know what we're doing it now. Want. That's fine. We're doing want. it now. So how this set up was that we had the first 32 days, 32 moments broken into eight brackets of four, yep. one to progress to the gnarly nine, alongside one we're going to unilaterally pick. And yep. now we can reveal to you those eight candidates and then we will make up the ninth because we didn't talk about it before we hit record on this podcast. Yeah, we didn't. We probably don't remember what they are. So out of the first group of four, we had the brief shining moment on the first day when we, we thought that the cricket bat guitar thing was funny before it became horrific and painful. So we left that in basically as a lesson to ourselves that you should never try to predict the future. There was a great moment with the cricket bat guitar at the semi-final. We neglected to mention and Any other day, it would have been Hall our of Hall of Fame. Henry Moran, a colleague from the BBC and mate, he got up on the stage and by far did the best cricket back guitar cameo of the entire tournament. A very gifted man, whether he's behind the, whether he's tickling the ivories, whether he's playing the guitar, whether he's singing himself, uh, whether he's commentating on the BBC. And um, I, I think that's worth noting on the final word. But he, well, he he's too late. He did shred, but he's too late for the he's too late for the Hall he's of Fame. He's too late for the Hall of Fame. But but he did pop in a, a ridiculous solo, which we both appreciated. 
Uh, we also had the Trent Bridge kerfuffle when half the crowd was locked outside the ground because they couldn't get their tickets and then uh, West Indies beat Pakistan so quickly that no one actually got to watch the game. We had Dimith Karunaratna carrying his bat, making 52 not out in his first one day or in four years after his team collapsed around him and Bangladesh fans going off for wides as though they'd just won the World Cup. And there's actually been a tie in this one on 28% apiece. So we've got to make the call and I think we we know where we're going. Dimith Karunaratna is getting the nod from Group 1. There is no doubt about that. We've got the tie with the Bangladesh fans, but they'll be involved later on. Karun Ratna, you're through to the Nali Nine. The, the, um, I'm still not calling it that, but the Nine, whatever it might be. In the second group, uh, Pakistan being described as mercurial after they bounce back to beat England. Mohamed Nabi popping in a slip and then picking up three wickets in and over. Uh, Chris Morris of South Africa falling over onto the non-striker stumps while taking a catch. But there was never going to be any other winner from Group 2 other than Sheldon Cottrell, off Steve Smith, out on the boundary, the one-handed pluck from out of the field of play, the toss-up in the air as he went out of the field of play, the way he came back in and tiptoed back down the line like a high-wire artist and then took the second attempt on the rebound and dismissed Steve Smith. That really was the group of death for the other three. There was nothing beating Cottrell. It also reminds me of how the Hall of Fame evolved over the 32 days. A very serious cricket-centric influence in the first eight. It deteriorates from there, I'm fairly sure. I'm pretty sure it probably does. In, in the third group, uh, Lawrence, the particularly drunk um, left-arm wrist spinner that we met on the train back from Trent Bridge. Loved your oh, work. Love you, Lawrence. We're going to get you on the podcast again. I reckon you're going to be a regular fixture going forward. Australia's fans flogging off all their tickets to India fans for, <laughs> for sweet, sweet cash. Uh, John Williamson covering the offspring, which happened that about really, 20 years ago, but I'm really, not sure really how that really got needed in. to be going through, but it hasn't gone through, has it? But Jofra Archer has gone through for the ball when he bowled Sumyasaka, top of offside and then the ball cleared the rope for six, or what, what could have theoretically been six. Well, it couldn't have been, but let's say it could have been. Um, and that got the nod with 41% of the vote. Welcome to the final nine, Joffrey Archer. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that John Williamson and the offspring didn't get through. That bloke, he was as loose as they come. Anyway. In the fourth group, Sean Marsh and Mitchell Marsh coming back together in the Australian squad. That didn't get a lot of votes, and only 9%, sadly. Funny that. The Marshes are back, baby, uh, did, did not score well. Aaron Finch hearing Wahab Riaz nick behind to, to win the game against Pakistan on DRS, uh, using drones to elevate the tarpaulin. But nobody listening to the final word was going anywhere else in this pool, if you will, than Sri Lanka and their impassioned protest at not being given a swimming pool to relax in. <laughs> and that was why they were losing all their games. They kept getting smashed, and it's because they didn't have a pool. The pool party was one of the enduring themes of the first few weeks of our of our conversations. Well, the pool party hadn't happened yet. This was no, this was, that's right. The, this was the complaint. This was the impassioned when they protest. didn't show up to the press conference because yeah. they were filthy about not getting a pool and not having a big enough bus. Uh, in the next group, Glenn Maxwell turning out his pockets to the crowd got a, a pretty healthy showing. Uh, good support there. Pakistan being told they needed 136 off 30 balls after a rain recalculation. Nicholas Puran breaking the roof with a six. But by far the winner in this group was Gulbuddin Nayib, Afghanistan's captain, for his over against England that read six, six, single, wicket, six, wicket. <laughs> the lazy two for 19 off the over. It's only right that Gulbuddin finds his way into the Nali Nine. Well, he, he's been he's been iconic in this World Cup. You know, he he's, no, no. he's he's one of the images of this World Cup is Gulbadeen doing the strongman flex every time he took a very expensive wicket. The next pool, there's another tie. Uh, it's not Lockie Ferguson's kit, which got a healthy round of support but didn't quite get there. It's not um, Adam's terrible selection of realising that Everlong was played every time the match was decided, which bumped out Carlos Brathwaite's 100 against New Zealand. Still think it should be in the final. Anyway. Tied on two, on 32% apiece was Tiger Time, the incredible showing from that the Bangladesh fans against Australia, even when they were losing a run chase, just going wild. 
but also on 32%, Dimith Karunaratna's pool party. When Sri Lanka bounced back to beat England after finally getting in the pool, got in the pool for the first time in two weeks, and what did they do? Knock off the tournament favourites. But that means the pool parties theoretically in there twice no, we but have the, but there's the lack of pool party no no i understand and but then there's the pool party so the fact that the pool is already in the in the final exchanges perhaps lends me to think that given we are both on 32% that the bangladeshi onesies I, i'm pretty sure we discussed before the hall of fame that karuna ratna was getting about seven noms and at least three of them were going to have to go through and the people have spoken the people want dimmuth he's the star of the world cup sri lanka's skipper hasn't played since 2015 the casting comes, mat is yours you know what you back want in and leaves it bring I, it on it's got pool party in capital letters. There's no way you can leave it out. That trumps everything. Uh, a, a bit of a, a surprise winner in the next group. Samuel Shinwari of Afghanistan didn't get a lot of votes for being marooned on 49 not out after being brought back in for his first game of the tournament. Uh, Safraz Ahmed's creative use of the DRS after the umpires had already used an umpire review and deemed a decision to be not out, he then challenged them to use the DRS <laughs> and look at it again. And uh, like, like James Hurd's appeal to the High Court didn't do a lot of good. No. But that, got, that was almost the winner, 32% it got. Weirdly enough, Shakib Al-Hassan's magic handshake, where he was hung onto for about 43 seconds by some executive from some company that no one's ever heard of. That had to go through. It's, it's one of the 26. moments of the tournament. 26%. How were people not seeing this? How are they not immediately leaping to vote? How are they not rushing to the polls to vote early and vote often? What they have voted for is the over where first it was... It went for five balls, and the umpire said, oh, it's five balls, you have to bowl another one. Another one was bowled, and then they said, whoops, it's gone for seven balls, um, and couldn't quite get the counting yes, right. Yes, it was a chaotic moment, but I'm disappointed that Shakib's not made it through, but I guess it's going to be the five ball over, seven ball over. I th- well, we could perform a violent coup. I think we have, we have political power in this we situation. We are the ICC. We did say off the top when it came to this particular process that we'd retain the right to do whatever it is we wanted to, and I think that if we're going to play that card, we should play it here, shouldn't we? I think this is the case, because Shakib's handshake is it's one of the moments of the World Cup. Yes. Just the way he looks so desperate to get away, but he can't. The handshake goes on and on. It's like Celine Dion, but in handshake form. And we need Bangladesh in the final nine as well, so I think that's a way of shoehorning Shakib and the great Bangladesh side into the final part of this vote. So sorry for the 74% of voters who didn't vote for that, but Shakib's going through. And in the final group, Group 8, uh, Sheldon Cottrell's amazing six at Old Trafford didn't get there. He's already in. in. Sheldon Cottrell getting the best fielding stats in the comp didn't get there. He's already in as well. Wahab Riaz winning a game while batting wearing a hat and David Warner eating a bunch of chips on the boundary line before was, going to hospital to see his baby delivered. That was extremely good. David Warner eating the bag of chips, but I think we got a better one. We've got, and this was the most voted upon pool as well. People really stuck it through to the end of the thread on Twitter and voted more heavily in the last pool than ever to make sure they got MS Dhoni leaving a ball alone in the 45th over of a run chase where they needed about 80 off 30 balls, I think, and saying, no thanks, mate, not having a bit of it. That's got the votes with 59% of the votes in Pool 8. Perfectly in keeping with the theme of the final word Hall of Fame. Um, and, and so as for the last six that we have to pick one unilaterally, I think it probably has to be random Twitter user Nick Tuvey getting his suggestion for... Uh, and the way to split teams when they're equal on points adopted by the BBC's official statistician Andy Zaltzman as the best way forward. I think that's spot on, especially given that he felt as though this was a rigged Eurovision-style poll, that he wasn't in the uh, voting that public, the public were able to engage in, that at least he'll be in the final nine, and we'll see what the public think then. So we're going to put the final nine up in groups of three, 
I'm going to put those up on the Twitter feed. They'll be up on the website as well at finalworkcricket.com. And you can vote again to see which three will go through, which are the podium finishers, which we'll announce on Sunday, World Cup time, uh, probably probably in the show after the final, mm. I think. But we'll work that out as we go. So check out the website. It may not be in the next hour, but it'll be in the next few. Uh, we'll put those up there, and you can vote from those nine to whittle them down to the podium finishers, gold, silver, and bronze. That's the end of part one. Jeff, some people might disagree, but we kind of have some cricket expertise. I think we have no expertise, though, when it comes to sensible things like planning and retirement and planning for retirement. Well, lucky then, we know the people who do know their stuff over at CBUS, and all CBUS members have access to their team of qualified advisors. Wow, Adam, I think I've heard of CBUS before, about 400 times on our podcast. Uh, What does a qualified advisor do? It means if you're a CBUS member, they can assist you over the phone about investment options, contribution strategies, and planning the best way to maximise your super for retirement. So you're saying they can help you maximise the middle overs and then have a big surge in the final 10? (laughs) Cricket reference, get it? (laughs) Yes. And it's probably going to go a lot longer than the World Cup. Ah, well, you can uh, make sure you don't get caught without a retirement plan. Visit cbussuper.com.au. Do it. Do it today. Final World Cup Daily Day 44. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon for CBUS Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. We're in the Exmouth market in, I'd call it inner East London, having a conversation amongst a lot of people who've clocked off work, having a beer, enjoying the long light that you get at this time of year in this part of the world. It's a gorgeous evening. It's, a, it's one of those moments where you realise that England do have a summer and, it, and when it's here, it's perfect. Um, I was at Lord's though today, which is, was pretty good as well, two days out from a World Cup final. The pitch looks pretty green, as it will two days out, but uh, it does mean they're leaving grass on it till the last couple of days. But what was most interesting today at Lord's was the conversation that we were able to have with Gary Stead, the New Zealand coach. He's been really successful in women's cricket, uh, looking after the side there for a really long period of time. Now he's got the men, and they've led, he's led them rather to a, a second World Cup final on the bounce. And what we've learnt is that Henry Nichols will have a fitness test tomorrow morning. We watched him batting the nets for ages on the nursery ground today in an optional session, yeah. but he'll have to prove his fitness the day before the World Cup final. Um, they're going to play Martin Guptill. He was asked about Guptill's form, but there's no real doubt there that he'll get an opportunity uh, to play in the final, despite the fact that he's been ordinary throughout the course of the competition. You just have to try. Like You've, you've got to give it a shot, don't you? It's, it's, the, it's the white men can't jump. You've got to make the full court shot yeah. to keep the pink slip. It might come off. It might come off. You never know. It's worth a try. I quite liked a, a comparison that he used to golf, or it was analogous to golf, I suppose, where he said that um, when you're at the tee, you can hit a beautiful shot straight down the middle of the fairway. Um, your second shot can end up on the green. You can miss the birdie putt by a centimetre and tap in for par. Or your tee shot can end up in the rough. Your second shot in the bunker, you can chip up just onto the edge of the green and land your 20-foot putt to make par. Both are the same. He's like, but we do a lot of the latter. We do a lot of the putting in from 20 feet to right. get through. And I, I quite like that. He kept saying over and over again, we don't believe in perfect cricket. There's no such thing as perfect cricket. We just try and get the job done any which way we can. And I kind of like that attitude. While England might yeah. be trying to pull off the perfect result or the perfect game uh, from his perspective and New Zealand's perspective, they just want to get to the finish line any which way they can. And 
I don't know. I thought it was a nice way to consider the differences between these two sides. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I suppose when you're building a team, you're always imagining everybody succeeding. You're saying, all right, our openers are these players because they'll do this and this. Our first drop will do X. Our number four will do Y. You know, they'll accumulate and stabilise the innings and then these guys will come in at the end and hit uh, and the bowlers will do X, Y and Z. But it's never going to work that way. You know, half of those players will be out for not much. That's just the nature of cricket. It's, it's always going to be the case. We've got a bloke driving by on a bike that has a speaker attached to it playing Aha, Take On Me. He's got an English flag on his collar, or uh, a Union Jack, I should say, on his collar, holding his arms aloft, singing to the crowd as he drives down the Exmouth Market on his electronic bike, I think it was. I think that's what you call local colour. Yeah. It's one of the great karaoke songs, Take On Me, because it spans, I think, five octaves. Yeah, yeah. Um, You've got to have skills. It was written by a, a classically trained singer who's able to go, I think, a full octave above a falsetto <laughs> as you get to the end of that range. And you see people start out, they're so confident at the start, they get like, yeah, I, I know how to do this, I can do this. Dun, 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 dun. And then then it gets wild. Then suddenly they've, you know, it's like you've got... It's just never going to happen. No one's going to be able to do it. It's it's like, I don't know, climbing a mountain, getting halfway up, and then there's a sheer cliff face ahead of you, (laughs) and you do not have crampons. You were not not built for this pursuit. So good luck to anyone who tries. I think we should probably wind up this 44th day of the World Cup daily. Um, I think we should wind up this World Cup. We need to put the microphone away. We need to go to Lords tomorrow morning and preview this World Cup final. It's coming up on Sunday. Can't wait for that. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon. Thanks, as always, to Seabus Super. This has been the final word. Be sure to jump on and vote yes. in the World Cup Daily Final Word. What am I trying to say? The Hall of Fame. I always get it wrong. Jump on at finalwordcricket.com to vote. And uh, if you want to chuck a couple of dollars in the tin, you can go to patreon.com slash word. Please do. We'll talk to you all at some point tomorrow. George Benson. I ain't protected, brother. I ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty broke this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.